What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copan. It's February 13, 2023, and this is Lift and Learn episode 115. In this episode, I'll talk about vegan protein sources. We know that protein is important when it comes to improving your health, even if you don't exercise regularly. So I'll talk about certain protein sources that you should add to your diet if you're vegan. And then in the second topic, I'll talk about how you can actually fix hypermobility issues you might have throughout your body. So some strategies on that front. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host on Instagram, it's Isaiah.Copon, and you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. Regardless of how much weight you need to lose, resistance training is the key to losing weight and keeping it off. I don't know how many times I have to say it, but the more I say it, the easier it'll be for me to explain it to my clients I have or future clients who are looking to do exactly this. I've mentioned before, it's the only form of activity that'll raise your BMR. That stands for basal metabolic rate. This is the amount of calories you're burning at rest. Since you're building muscle training this way, that's an active tissue and requires your body to use more resources throughout the day to maintain it. The more muscle you have, the more calories you burn at rest. Simple. Resistance training or strength training with weights, this kind of exercise actually leads to this afterburn effect, so you're burning more calories after you finish up your training day. Now, it might not be that many more calories above what it is regularly, but it's better than nothing happening afterwards. This kind of training definitely doesn't negatively impact your metabolism. If anything, it has a neutral to positive benefit. Looking at things in the long term, it's going to be a positive benefit for sure. You'll burn more calories than you would without the exercise. Now, of course, resistance training also helps you maintain and gain muscle, so you're increasing strength and improving fitness overall. It also tends to be more enjoyable than cardio for most people. Once they learn how to confidently perform all of the movements, that's when it really becomes a life changer. It just makes your life easier being strong. So, Work on that first, form over everything when it comes to starting out, and tiny improvements you make over, the, uh, over time is still progress. Get 1% better every day, and you'll be crushing it by the end of the year. This is why resistance training is so important when it comes to losing weight in the long term. You're building muscle, increasing strength, improving fitness overall. That'll give you that long-term weight loss, or if you're looking to maintain a healthy body weight because of the activity that you're doing. That's a form of activity where your body has to constantly adapt to it, unlike cardio, which will actually cause your body to lose muscle and fat. So you're constantly lowering or producing no effect on the BMR, which isn't ideal for most people in today's world, where there's an abundance of food and a lot of time spent sitting down. Anyways, on to TV first, because that's exciting right now. The Last of Us is really starting to get good now. There were actually two episodes this week, the typical Sunday one, and then they released an episode on Friday night also because the Super Bowl was yesterday, 
by the time this episode comes out. So I guess I'll just talk about that halftime show next week since I'm probably only going to watch that part and then watch some of the commercials on YouTube. I already saw this uh, Breaking Bad chip commercial, I think it was, commercial beforehand. That was pretty funny. Anyways, The Last of Us. Okay, so there was a cliffhanger after Sunday's episode. So most of the week I was talking about the episode to some people I work with and some of my clients who are watching it too. The dynamic between Ellie and Joel is starting to show itself, which is cool. Pedro Pascal, absolutely killing it in that role. And Netflix, at least here in Canada, they're slowly rolling out this password sharing fee. I got the notification this past week, but I'll try to ignore it for as long as possible. I think it's like an additional $8 a month to share your account with another person, which is, that's ridiculous. There's no way I'm paying that over my already $23 a month Netflix bill after tax. I probably won't cancel it, but I'm going to downgrade my account soon because of all this greed going on. You know, they're money hungry right now. I might cancel it though, just so that it doesn't encourage other streaming services to do the same ridiculous policy. Besides that, I haven't really done much but work and train this week. Played some video games also though, so I finished that Crash Bandicoot game I talked about a while ago. Dude, the last level was like ridiculously difficult. It took me like almost two hours to finish. I actually ran out of lives the first time and then came back a few days later. Uh, the second time around, I spent like an hour just sitting there trying to get through it, but eh, I did it. The biggest gaming news of the week is Hogwarts Legacy is out now. That's been a long-awaited game from gamers and fans of the Harry Potter universe. I'll probably buy the physical copy of the game later today because I actually do want to start that one. I can't stop watching like non-spoiler footage of the game so far. Literally, when I open my YouTube, it's the first thing that pops up now because the algorithm, the algorithm just knows. The reviews for this game have actually been really good, which is surprising because the developers experience making AAA games, they don't really have a lot of experience on that front, but it looks like they managed to pull it off. So I'm excited to start that one soon. And this month I might also get around to playing a bit of that new God of War also, which should be sick. In terms of my training, still going well. I actually measured my calves the other day just to see any progress. And I've gained half a centimeter since the start of the year. Again, not much, but I'm working on it. Half a centimeter a month is six centimeters the whole year, so it'll be great if I can just keep that going. Still getting it in with the consistency. Still on top of doing my ab work and the deadlifts. Something that's still really hard to stick to is doing my sets in this hypertrophy rep range, like 8 to 12 reps, because I keep on focusing too much on the strength aspect of it all. I have to remember to leave my ego at the door, which is still a struggle. I had this crazy chest workout earlier today, actually. Definitely higher volume than I've been doing lately. I hit bench at just 205 pounds, but I went for 10 to 12 reps there, which is actually pretty difficult. And then moved on to this pretty cool incline chest press machine at the gym. And then I hit the cable flies. While I was playing some old school like CT Fletcher video on my phone, I just needed extra motivation to really get after it today. I got to take my time hitting today's workout, so it was almost like a 80 to 90 minute workout or something, just like a full push day, no interruptions, favorite day of the week. In terms of reading, I've been slipping lately, but I'm back on it. I actually had a scare this week. 
I usually carry around my Kindle at the gym with my inside of my iPad case. And then an hour later, I realized I didn't have it with me. And, you know, I was super upset because my Kindle is like one of the most important devices over the last year because of this reading kick that I've been on. I was upset for a few hours, then I just decided to check the gyms lost and found, and it was actually there. So, faith in humanity has been restored for the week. I've gone through two books now since the start of the year. One book was Ignite the Fire by Jonathan Goodman. That's a pretty good personal trainer book, how to build a business kind of thing, how to be better at your craft. And then I've managed to get through the uh, Resistance Training Revolution by Sal at Mind Pump. Great info there. If you listen to the podcast, a lot of the information is repeated in that book, but I just love having like a physical copy that I could just turn to a certain part of the book, refresh my memory on certain topics. Basic, but important stuff for everyone. I recommend it. Easy read, you know, easy read, easy follow. Uh, It's easy to follow. There you go. Uh, Upcoming books that I'm about to go through. Breath. Still have to finish that one. Almost done though. I'm almost, I think I got two chapters to go. And then I actually got this book from my client, just borrowing it, which has been on my list for a while. I actually do have it on my Kindle, but I have a physical copy now of The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Probably have that one for just a few months. So that one's going to be my five pages daily. Um, That's the one I read, like five pages daily, because the chapters actually line up pretty well for that one. Question one, what are some vegan protein sources? I've mentioned it a few times on here before, but I've had an increasing amount of clients who are vegan, so I've been touching up on my own knowledge of the subject, so I figured I'd actually dedicate a topic on here in some way that'll benefit you guys, the audience, and also me, because I'm saying it out loud, and it'll be more ingrained into my memory or my brain. First off, when it comes to Traditionally recommended protein requirements per day in the fitness space, the usual recommendation is to take your body weight in pounds and eat that many grams of protein per day. So a 150-pound individual should do their best to get 150 grams of protein every day to optimally grow muscle or at least maximize the amount of muscle you can put on. You can build muscle on a lower protein diet. It just becomes easier if you give your body more than the modern day diet we've evolved into eating. As a vegan, it's actually super hard to eat that much protein, especially if you're not even thinking about it. I'd say it's impossible to eat the recommended guidelines of protein if you're like someone from this space. But if you're lifting weights, exercising, it's a good idea to push that protein intake as much as you can. An increased protein diet for the most part will only improve your health regardless of if you exercise or not, because protein has many other benefits besides just packing on muscle. That being said, if you're a vegan and want to increase your protein, I have a list here that could help you in that regard. From my research and minimal experience so far, some foods to write down or keep in mind when you're out for your next grocery run, we got legumes, so beans, lentils, chickpeas are great sources. They're also low Uh, low in fat and high in fiber, which is another nutrient that'll only benefit your health as long as you don't overdo it while making sure you drink enough water also. There's also soy products you can consume like tofu and tempeh, which I still don't know what that is, but one of my clients brought it up. I'll take her word for it. 
There's also soy milk, edamame, nuts, and seeds. So think about almonds, cashews, chia, and hemp seeds. They have small amounts of protein in them also. Even rice has trace amount of proteins in it also. Quinoa is a great source when it comes to carbs and protein. I eat that one about once a week right now. It's good for me to take a break from having rice with damn near every meal. Seitan, that's another one that I haven't heard of. It does have gluten though, so be aware of that if you have an insensitivity. If you struggle with getting in protein as a vegan, those are some of the foods you can try to toss into your meals. This is going to be uh, important when we're talking about maintaining or improving health. Of course, some kind of vegan protein powder could go a long way and could help you in your protein intake for the day if it becomes a hassle to consume it all through whole natural food sources. That's definitely something to keep in mind. That's a quick list for you and implement it if you're really lacking on your protein intake. Question two, how to fix hypermobility? This is a loaded question and you can't fix this overnight. You have to be patient overcoming something like this because it'll take a while. It's potentially a long process depending on how severe of a hypermobility issue you have. That being said, you can quickly test your hypermobility on yourself. Some quick tests you can do are for the fingers, elbows, and the knees. So for that, if you see excessive bending in the fingers, and if you pass that 180 degree threshold with your arms and legs straight at the elbows or knees respectively, and the other test is if you can reach the floor with your legs straight. If you can literally fold yourself in half while touching the ground, or sometimes people can put their palms to the ground, which is wild, If that resonates with you, then you're hypermobile. Sometimes yogis are this way, along with gymnasts, also just because of the nature of their form of exercise. You'll find this to be more common in females than males. If you are hypermobile in some areas, that could be kind of a problem area when we're doing resistance training. Just be sure not to lock out all the way. Specifically, if you're hypermobile in your elbows or arms, you should avoid maybe a bench press. Avoid doing the movement to the point where you fully lock out. If you do a full lockout with a hypermobile joint, your chance of injury is significantly higher. So avoid upper body full lockout movements if your elbows are the hypermobile area. And for legs, don't lock out on something like a leg press, for example. It's obvious why we've all seen those videos online. Stopping just short of full extension would be my advice when it comes to having hypermobile joints. This is a sort of instability that you should work on improving. The best way to overcome something like this is to build strength and stability in the surrounding muscles of that hypermobile joint. I have some clients now who are hypermobile, so this is something I've seen more and more of lately. Building strength can actually improve joint stability and relieve some of the pain you may have. So if you're hypermobile at the knees, for example, working on the quad muscles, the hamstrings, even the calves will all play a part to make you a bit less hypermobile, but you gain some strength there, which goes a long way when it comes to your training and daily life. Posture could be an issue also, so bettering that goes a long way. In terms of hypermobility, this could be affected. If you're doing the same movements over and over again because of that overuse, it could develop into uh, hypermobility if you don't strengthen the surrounding areas. If you're someone who moves constantly throughout the day, it would be smart to give yourself like two to five minutes to just lightly stretch the areas, maybe doing some body weight, muscle building movements, even with super light weights could help you over time. In terms of hypermobility, you should still stretch regularly, 
but you have to keep in mind not to overstretch. Building muscle is great, but at the same time, you don't want to lose all of your mobility. So while the best way to get over some hypermobility would be to lift weights in a controlled range of motion, you should also stretch to maintain some of that mobility also. So you got to find a balance between the two. The goal should be to achieve joint stability so that you can perform resistance training movements without that increased risk of injury. So basically, to sum it all up, the best thing to do is to strengthen the areas around the hypermobile joint, stretch a little bit less and a bit less intensely. Stop before lockout on movements in the gym because I've seen too many of those leg press videos where the leg just bends in the wrong way it's not supposed to, or loading up the chest press machine too much that could cause the same injury. Focusing on that should yield some pretty great results. Sleeping more and managing stress can also help, so rest is important. That could reduce joint pain if you have pain in said hypermobile joint. So there you go. I think that's about it for today's episode. That's episode 115 of the podcast for you. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.